The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hi, this is Cliff Berg, and you're listening to the Agile Uprising podcast. Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Agile Uprising Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Hersko. Join with me once again. I have a murder. Did you just well- mispronounce your own name <laughs> to start which, the podcast? I forget what show I'm doing and I forget which personality I have. It's either offensive or more offensive. This is the less offensive one. Um, so we have a murderer's row of guests uh, joining us from the deep south. We have Mr. Mike Cadell. Howdy, y'all. Also in the south, we have Franz Alchemade from an undisclosed location. There we go. Otherwise uh, known as X-Split. <laughs> uh, oh fresh off fresh off a flight and a trip to disney and he's going to be in an interesting mood mr jonathan schneider howdy howdy we have coming at us from somewhere in centralia uh mr stephen kellogg hello and then we what? have our token texan mr chris merman you Jay, are you okay? Because your intro for all of us is terrible. Like, that's- well, I, said my name wrong again. Ah, whatever. <laughs> if you can spell mine, we I'll say you, yours. Jay. Like, this is Jay. This is a safe J-A-Y. place. J A Y. This is going to be a fucking terrible episode. All right. So the topic of tonight's episode <laughs> is no Scrum Master, no Flow Master, no problem. So the genesis of this conversation came about a, a question I threw out into the Discord, and all these lucky, wonderful gentlemen decided to hop in. And the question was, can you be successful in Agile, in an Agile operating environment, or even in a transformation? If you're doing Scrum and you don't have Scrum Masters, if you're doing Kanban and you don't have Flow Masters. Um, so let's, get, get, let's just get gut reactions out of the way. Don't overthink it. And then we'll get into the details. Mike Cadell, can you be successful? Yes, but it's very difficult. Kellogg, yes or no? It depends. Favorite oh, line. God. Uh, there we go. You can be. Yes. Like 48 seconds to get that out of somebody. I, I, had, I had to throw it out there. Uh, I think you can, but you need a team that ex- that specializes in communicating with one another. John? The role has to exist. No. Merman? Black and white. There is no gray area in life. <laughs> the, there is right and wrong to all. Get in line. So says Sauron Schneider. You didn't answer the question, Merman. Yeah, at least I have answered you, questions. Have you met the? Listen, that's not you. Have your shtick. I have mine. Um, have y'all met some scrum masters out there? Like you're telling me they make they, by default they make it better? No, they're not necessarily. Hey, Merman, do you mind? Like, do you mind defining us what a scrum master is for the crowd? <laughs> Um, oh okay, God. do you want what the scrum guide says it is, or do you want what happens in real life? I want the yeah. merm definition. Want, All right, so whatever <laughs> merm says, he wants to define it. <clears throat> yeah, but hold hold on, we're gonna let merman play play Encyclopedia Britannica in a second. But so far, we have Cadell says yes, Kellogg had it depends, Franz says yes, John said no, I say no, merman you said yes or no? Yes, sir. 
Si, okay, senor. So you, yes. you do not need you do not need one. Okay, so John and I are, are out outdated out uh voted here. So now dated, Merman, yeah. both outdated, yes. yeah. Um Freudian Merman. slip, Franzian explain, slip. Explain <laughs> Franzian slip. Explain explain what a scrum master is. So let's go back to John's um, question. <clears throat> I, I think that the idea is, is someone that um in a in a full-time position that keeps the team free to work on just things internal to things they've already planned and quote unquote, I hate this word, but committed to. Um, so the, the scrum master is intended to be the go-between someone that can interface, um, you know, and there's all sorts of terrible phrases like throats and choking that I don't like, but it get used all the time. They're, they're supposed to be that guardian, right? Like, hey, y'all just work. I'll take care of these questions that you all have. Um, the problem is, is that that's not what the job is most of the time for scrum masters. And it's time we start being honest about it. So your answer is, um, yes, it can work, but the problem is we typically don't have the scrum. Master I don't know. The scrum master no, should be doing. There's no guarantee that even if we do have a good definition that it can work, Mike, what do you think? I agree with the statement that even if we have a good definition or a not so good definition, having a person in the role of a scrum master is no guarantee that the team will perform well. What I, I was raising my little finger about was I'd like to add something to Chris's definition. And that is in addition to the, you know, help the team focus. One of the vital aspects of a, the scrum master role is helping the team figure out how to fight with each other and how to make kiss and make up and, and, um, uh, deal with conflict within the team and become better at working together. So kind you're, you, line. yeah, you're, you're right, Mike, that they're supposed to, they're supposed to be a guardian of the quote unquote process. The problem is, is that, yeah, I mean, depending on the scenario and the organization you're set up in, mm -hmm. even if they are properly trained and motivated and skilled, the organization mm -hmm. also like most of the time doesn't allow them to yep. to do that to, to do the role right to do the work to protect yeah. the team to to help yeah. them guard the process right but most of the time yeah. like scrum masters don't they don't get they're not in charge of their processes they have dev managers somehow to like keep happy that they somehow set things up and a lot of times they're also this i know this isn't part of our this podcast but scrum masters also play po a ton of the time and mm -hmm. they're supposed to do all that and guard the process guess what's going to fall aside the process, like they've so, got other yeah. crap to fix. I, I think one of the other problems you run into is, especially with does a scrum master help is, even if you have the clear definitions, how many times have we all seen a scrum master that's assigned to seven teams? And the mm -hmm. only thing that they're doing is scrum meeting, scrum meeting, or, scrum meeting, scrum meeting, and then writing two notes. teams of 30. Yeah, and they're just sending notes off all day. Like in those particular, in those situations, you're not getting anything from a scrum master. Like. You don't there have are, a scrum master in those situations. No, you, you have a secretary. You have somebody eh. who reads the board and then asks you where your ticket is and have you put in your comment and that's it. That's that's what you have. You're, you're let me not let me ask a let me ask a to, to tag off of what Mike was saying. Let me ask um, um, Stephen. What do you what do you think is like if they are if a scrum master says, "Man, I'm just an admin on this team." Is should they feel shame? Like, should they do you do you? And I'm not saying this pejoratively, and I'm not trying to like provoke you into like a, a weird joke answer. Like, should they feel like it? 
you know, if I, many scrum masters that I know, they finish meetings and they feel like an admin sometimes because they're just dictating things. The, the business owner is there giving things and they have to, they're the ones that have to create the JIRA cards. They, they try to keep up with like what they talked about in the last retro, but they've so much has happened since then. If they even get to talk about the retro or even have one, like, so if they feel like an admin, like, should they feel badly about themselves in this role? I don't think they should feel shame, but I think it's time to self-reflect and figure out, is this what they want to be doing? Probably not. But then how do they go about changing that so that they can be a better scrum master and, and actually be more fulfilled in the job? I feel like you should just be disappointed in that point. Not well, but shame, see, here's but... the thing. Most of those things you don't know when you're interviewing. Sometimes you don't even know until you've been in the org like six months. Even the most astute ones, they even if they do sniff up those things way in advance, like sometimes they get moved to another team because their or their their org went through like their third reorg in sixteen months, right? And we trust me, we've all been there. Like I guess what I'm trying to say, like so I'm starting from a point of like, well, what if they don't do any of these things? Like, is the scrum master even needed? Well, what? Let's talk about real world, like John, real world. Do you really see the, I would, by and large, yes, there are scrum masters that are the exception, but would you say by and large, a lot of scrum masters aren't able to do the role as they're taught it is in training class? I would argue that most team members that I've actually helped coach or be a scrum master to have been better people to play the role of a scrum master than most scrum masters out there. Um, they get it. They empathize with teams better. They can usually adjust and learn better than other scrum masters and coaches out there. So to answer your question, yeah, I agree. I mean, a lot of people would struggle and don't serve the role properly. And I would argue that there are a lot of team members that probably could do the role better. But I think, Mike, we were talking about this. They don't want to do the role because it requires a weird set of unique skills and talent and mindset to do it effectively at a full time length that they just never want to do the role, which then gets into the weird reason why I said no, because I wasn't viewing it as a role that has to be a full time role. It has to exist. That's my take on it. So if you look at what the role fulfills, that's how I viewed it. But Jay, what what were your thoughts on it? I think I would argue with the statement that it needs to be a full time role. So I'm not going to lean on the Kellogg answer if it depends, but I think he's right. I think when teams have reached that that nirvana level of maturity, you really don't need a scrum master because they're literally just grabbing tickets, right? But if well, you believe I, that happens more than five percent of the time, you will believe. You I can sec. see my feet I disagree when I stand with that, straight. Jay. Up. <laughs> Ron, Wait, you can, I you want you I, to pick on Jay. But like, imagine, imagine you actually had like a very high performing mature, whatever we want to call it. I, I don't want to use the word mature too much because that's going to stir up a whole other thing. But like, let's say a very, you know, team that you observe would say is high agility would not need somebody in this role performing it all the time. I would still argue that there are people out there that are very talented, can ask the right questions or poke in the right subject matter expertise area, be it product transformation or technical, that is still going to push that team into outside their boundaries. So it's more around, does the company want to continue to invest to optimize this high-performing team or not? Because to say that this team can't improve more, I would always challenge that. It's a matter of, do you want to invest to bring in the talent to do it? The, the problem I think you're going to run into when you talk about it, how they're, they're high performing, they're just picking up tickets and going. It's very easy for a team when they get to that particular point to stop their introspection. 
And so if you have a team that does very, very well and they're producing very well, they may go, okay, we, have, we are at the top of the mountain. There is no way our process can be improved. And the second a team starts thinking that, they just, you will start rotting on the vine because something is going to come along and it's, we all know this, it is way easier to have bad habits get added because you stop, you start getting lazy than it is to add a new good habit. And so the team Maybe. may go, ah, you know what? We, we stopped doing this one particular thing because it took too long and we know we need it. We don't need this particular test. And when you don't have that constant introspection that can often come from a guided, um, like a guided retro that you would not necessarily have in those teams. You, let me, you're going to start having an, problems. But so let me before you say that, Merman, what Franz, yeah. Franz is saying is basically entropy sets in. And if, yeah, and exactly if left unchecked, that. that's just going to eat the team. Okay. Yes. So, all right. So let me pose another scenario that's in like, it's basically a, 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 like a, an, a, a different type of org that has the same problems, right? So mm -hmm. um, they, they, don't, they don't look at the staleness of a team right um and they don't understand they don't have a good um there's not a good pulse like a, a pulse check of like really how are you doing like a simple like you know you know simple nps or one to ten type score of how are you feeling about yourself and the team this week kind of a thing like if they don't have that then yes, it's easy to let things like stiffen. Mm -hmm. um, it's almost like food that sits out. To, it's like the charcuterie board that sits out like just a bit too long. And you're like, oh. Wait a minute. You really pronounce that word correctly? Really? Charcuterie, baby. Charcuterie board. I, I hope this goes on our YouTube channel. This is what I think of you. A blaze. A blaze. And yes, podcast audience, you're going to need to go find the YouTube. Uh, I will, I will actually find do the solid and put this Here is what I think of Jay and his trolling questions. So anyway, enough of your um, charcuterie board. Keep going. There, there's another way that orgs do it. I just mentioned the, the, the orgs that are addicted to their reorgs. Do you know one of the things that they see as a benefit, and I know this because they said them with words in a language that I speak, is our teams can't get stale. We keep moving them around. Maybe we'll keep a team stable, but we'll, we'll with all the reorgs, we'll bring in a new agile lead or scrum master or project manager or whatever you want to call that that role. And I've been, there's way more names than we thought of than that, right? So, uh, like because of all the reorg, there's a constant state of motion. Our teams can't get stale because we don't let our entire org sit still for more than thirty seconds to get comfy in their seat. I know I'm being sarcastic and I know I'm saying things that are ridiculous to a group like us, but to a folks that do like org design and HR and stuff, they're like, that's genius. Why don't, why didn't we think of this sooner? Like, and I go, well, followed by, I heard it on agile uprising. Sure. <laughs> sure. We're clearly, clearly we're a, an expert in non-sarcastic uh, advice about what I would, I would argue that, at least three three out of four pieces of advice I've given have been sarcastic. Most of them to John. So, um, John. So, so John, you, you the, these are both extremes of really bad behavior. I guess the I I don't know Jay where a next logical step is to go, but the next step. I mean, in my mind, it's like, well, we could talk about why orgs do that, but orgs are just like companies are stupid and their lead, like any group of people together is stupid, even though individually they're smart. So when they make decisions together, like things go wrong. Like why, why is it such a 
pain to just go, hey, this team, go leave them alone and just let them decide when they want to meet and do stuff. Like, why why can't companies just let teams do that? We, we threw out a scenario, though, that said, oh, there's no Scrum Master, so they go stale. But that was not with a discussion that, hey, is it possible for the team to actually self impose the scrum master well, that role. means can a tech lead be scrum master i think what john's saying is that i think if i'm taking john at his word and i'm i've learned over the years that there is there is a, about this much nuance to what schneider says and so i'm learning to see it what he's saying is that the work of the scrum master needs to get done it doesn't have to be someone called the scrum master it could be a tech leader a qa leader just Hey, the janitor walking by cleaning out, like as someone's like, Hey, how do we know we're getting better? Like that's the role being done. So I, we, I don't, I've not found a team that mature, but I hear they exist. So, so um, you know, so you bring up an interesting point though, right? You said that the, the work that a scrum master typically does still needs to get done, right? A lot of his metrics, a lot of his maintenance, there is some housekeeping, there is some secretarial stuff. Let's be honest here. There's secretarial aspects into what all of us do except for Franz because he actually you know, writes code and works for a living. But <laughs> I do think what happens if you don't have that person who is supposed to do that, right? Who is, who is specifically deemed, who's knighted and said, you are going to be a scrum master. My experience has been, it ends up being a rotational thing on the team, right? And you end up with a bunch of engineers or a bunch of team members, developers, coders, UX guys, whatever, passing the baton back and forth. Oh, who's going to be scrum master this sprint? Oh, John's going to do it, right? Oh, well, John can't do it because he's too busy with this stuff. So we'll have Mike do it. Okay. That, not for nothing. No offense to Mike, you know, senior <laughs> Kafka developer. There you go, Franz. Uh, no offense to Mike, but that's not his skill set. No. That's not his wheelhouse. That's and, not what he went to. It's not what he's tried to learn. And, and yeah, what? I'm sure he'll, he'll, the good old college try and not want to disappoint people. He'll do the best he can. But I kind of don't think that's fair. What happens when they rotate a role like that is the analogy I try to explain it to people is um, it's no different than saying, hey, we need to do a rotation of people supporting production this sprint. So you and you, we're going to choose you. That mindset that they have when they do that is I hope it's the bare freaking minimum and I'm going to focus on the sprint goal as much as possible because I don't want to touch prod. That's how they view when they rotate usually a scrum master role on the team. I'm going to do the bare minimum because it's a role that I just need to get in and get out, and hopefully it rotates to the next person. Nobody <laughs> you're, you're really a, treats it like as a, their a potato. Yeah, you're, you're treating you're treating running a retrospective as <clears throat> taking pager duty for the night. Right, but yeah, basically, exactly. yeah, that's that actually a okay. really, real, perfect analogy. That, um, that, but that it, hits below right. the belt, but it's very true. <laughs> but like to to extend a little bit on what you're talking about, Jay, like it it it's definitely interesting when you start seeing the team start to do the role because. I from this is just my experience, but like I we kind of push this and say, hey, don't you have a team working agreement where you guys understand and share and understand how this role is performed? And yeah, my team changes every six months or three months, anyways. It's always one person moving to another team or just a new employee, or and we always have to update it and it gets changed. And then they're like, honestly, now it's just admin overhead. It's annoying. And honestly, after a while, it goes back to what Fran said earlier. It just becomes annoying to manage a process. We can just talk it out and figure it out on the fly. And then after a while, when they start doing things on the fly, things get a little more loosey goosey. And then, mm -hmm. the, and the, you know, then the staleness starts setting in. And that's kind of what that's, that's just my observations that I've seen on I, most teams. That do I want to, I do want to throw this back to Franz again, because he does real work. He writes code. Franz, have you been on teams that didn't have 
a a scrum master and what was that experience like if so so i've been on one team that was highly successful without any scrum masters but the reason we were able to not have scrum masters is every single one of us had experience doing scrum and so we didn't necessarily need a scrum master because when it came down to the passing the baton of oh it's franz's week Franz had experience and had his um, scrum master cert. Uh, everybody else had their scrum master cert. So we were able to operate uh, in those okay. roles competently. Now, Wait, I will Franz, say, though, while Franz, we did. Franz, yes. Franz, be serious. Um, <laughs> how, how, many, how many days did you get stuck with the scrum master baton? And, and second part, how many days of the week did you abuse that power just to show them <laughs> who's boss? The and irons, be honest, the be honest, Franz. be honest. Well, so that's the fun thing. That was when all, that was when Franz was just a wee Franzi, and he uh, didn't get to have the uh, the big kid pants on to to wield the the fist of power quite as much as he should have been able to. Um, so not not too much abuse of the power there, but the. The big thing I got out of it was you just you have to be able to have those communications. You we were a team that was high functioning because when the day was going on, we we were in a very active slack and we were talking constantly. So there wasn't necessarily the huge need to go, okay, what did you work on with this? What did you work on with this? Because by the end of the day, you knew what everybody was working on because you had been assisting them with stuff. Have you in your mind ever ended a retrospective with a snap of your fingers and the words i am inevitable not yet i have used i will say i will no say, no, no no be honest I am in inevit- your mind in, in your my mind, mind oh every in time your mind okay oh i've okay. said i am inevitable quite a lot that is one of my favorite lines because people are like oh franz is here it's like you're goddamn right i am <laughs> so uh, I'm, Wait, I'm did so you start happy the right podcast now. off with the yes or a no uh you i said, said no i i, I right, don't but think what did you just describe message. I, I described a situation where there were a bu- there was no going off the merm definition that was given earlier, where it is a full time person that is constantly on the team and functions as a scrum master to remove impediments. We did not have a scrum master. We had a bunch of people who had scrum master skills that removed the need for a traditional scrum master. We 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 didn't have a unibomber on our team, but we did have many people with a few pieces of unibomber skills. We all knew how to so, make epoxy and wanna... deer hooves. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Know, okay, let's not... be honest. Okay, let's that be movie honest. comes out this weekend. Charles Tocopoli plays Ted Kaczynski. I can't wait because you know he's going to choose scenery. I have a question for he's Mike. He's in your Cadell. family. He's a uh, member of your family. Yeah, if we came from South Africa, I have a question for Mike. So I really I want to pivot the conversation a little bit to when it comes to the idea of trying to coach teams, right? Mike, have you ever had to or um, been part of coaching a team that didn't have a scrum master or Kanban flow master, a Kanban team without a flow master? Mm-hmm. And what was your experience? Do you think it would have been, was it successful? Do you think it would have been more successful if there was a person there? What, what are your, what was your, what's your gut tell you? My, my gut tells me that it was a very, it was one time, a very unique set of circumstances uh, unlike the situation Franz mentioned, this team had been together for a while, and much like what Franz mentioned, they knew each other. They could finish each other's sentences uh, uh, constructively. They they had their stuff together. They knew what to do, and they held each other accountable. So it was really easy because th- this was a group of just super dudes who 
knew what they were doing. They knew their domain and the, the ability to hold each other accountable and call BS on each other was uh, very unique. And uh, it, was, it was easy to coach because all I had to do was just ask them a few questions and they go, oh, yeah, you're right, all right, off we go. Um, but that, that is, that, that's almost a unicorn. That's, that's a, a needle in a haystack kind of, kind of thing. Right. The underlying, uh, the foundational thing that made that team so unique was that they'd been together. They didn't get, they didn't have people coming and going all the time. So they learned how to, how to fight with each other and how to make up and they learned how to communicate and, that I think at the outset, Franz said you, to, to not have somebody in this role, the, the team members need to be highly skilled at communicating. And regardless what any what, what anybody might uh, argue otherwise, I'll argue that the most important aspect of a Scrum Master is instigating the uh, communication and disagreement and eventual uh, uh, commitment amongst the team members. If you can get, so, get them, teach them how to fight and, and make up, then I, I get so that's a genius thing that you're saying, Mike, just because like, regardless of whether you, you know, quote unquote, protect the process or even, you know, or protect the team, like all, so some of these things that are other main qualities that you would consider in a scrum master, what you're saying is like, I, I just needs, I'm just refereeing what they're doing, making sure that everybody's like shaking their head the same direction, even if it's no, like we kind of need someone mm. doing that. It, 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 it sort of makes sense that if that's really so important, is that like, that's not a, something you can trade off. You're like, gosh, I get a break from having to like give a shit about what happens in team interactions like this sprint. Like it, it sort of begs a question of like, then why do we care about it? If it's something we have to trade off and on sometime, like I'm not disagreeing yeah. Yeah. with it. It's just yeah. something, it's something that's worth discussing. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. So in the, the one instance that I, that I encountered, it wasn't something that, that traded off because the team as a whole was, was very well formed and they held each other accountable to each other. So if, if um, Chris started, Slack and then Steve would uh, kind of you know give him a polite nudge and they had enough history and enough self enough respect <coughs> for each other that they would respond to that nudge and they joked around kind of you know and they they fight with each other and they love each other like brothers like you and Jay do but um, um, Mike yeah they can I ask you a question on your scenario did the team that was really mature that was uh, together for a while did they ask for a coach uh, they asked for somebody to facilitate uh, interactions and things when they needed, when mm. they felt like they needed it. They did didn't they say, say I, want I like root canals. They Did they say, I prefer <laughs> <laughs> so, to, to get a colonoscopy the without anesthetic? For, well, the the, the person they worked for was like having a root canal. Because <laughs> they didn't ask for a coach necessarily. They just said, hey, we have a distinct problem where we need somebody to just help us. Is that fair <laughs> to say? The earliest yep. discussions of the scrum master involving involving the words coaching the scrum process, right? Like yes. the word coach was stated in the definition of a scrum master from way, 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 like yeah. way back. It was one of those like teaching yeah. slide bulletins kind of a thing. Like, so it, and we wonder why we struggle with the word 
coaching and agile coaching today it's because the word was just thrown around willy-nilly like hey you get a free coach you get a coach you get a oprah coach too. yeah so here's here's yeah. my here's my concern with with trying to coach teams right that don't have scrum masters right um no organization has as much coaches as many coaches as they should have right no organization because we're expensive right so what do they do they paper they peanut butter them you know, oh, you get a train and you get a train and you get a train and everybody gets a train. And that's between three and five teams you got to work with. So if you're working between three and five teams and no scrum masters, right? That means you're interacting with say 30 to 50 people, just argument sync, right? Usually if those three to five teams have a scrum master, you're interacting with those 30 to 50, but you're also concentrating the conversation around the scrum master say, hey, you, you tell me- How what dare you invoke safe right now? We were having a polite discussion. Well, it, I, you know what? I will give credit where credit is due. It's the easiest way to refer to a team of- I'm just saying, like we were fighting about just one team and now we're going to start fighting but, about but multiple teams. Here's my teams. thing, right? I have, I have seen coaches get power dropped into, oh, you're going to help these teams get better. And these yeah. teams have no scrum masters. They have by, a product the owner that comes from technology and you, this poor coach is trying to peanut butter themselves over all these teams to get the simple things to stick. Are and we talking I just, about I a think coach that got an SPC and has never been a scrum master before? I'm just, I'm asking for a friend. I'm just asking. No, no, no. We're talking about a coach who actually knows. Do you know how doing. many coaches have never been a scrum master that are in our, that are in our uh, way now? more than we should probably admit. Yeah. Probably. So, so let's, let's be careful about throwing coach out there because We've got, I know that Mike's had his hand up like a patient young man for a while, but like, <laughs> like we talk about coaching as if like everybody that's a coach knows what they're doing when most people have never even run their own retro and they're teaching other people how to be a freaking scrum master. Mike, please save me. Yes. <laughs> so uh, just a plus 100 to that, Chris, have you seen what's in job descriptions for agile coaches recently? It'll make your head hurt, but um, not the word scrum back, master. <laughs> um Back back to Jay's point, the idea of parachuting or or peanut buttering a you know a quote coach into help a team and expect that that's sustainable I think is a a, a non sequitur. The what I've learned the hard way over the last five seven whatever years and has become kind of the model that I am advocating in my practice is that uh, as a coach, what, you know, a, an external coach, the way we can create sustainable uh, change is to work with scrum masters or somebody going back to that article from the other day, you know, I don't care who you are, what your title is, somebody that can be a day-to-day -day coach with the team and help them learn how to fight and make up and I, what I can do is I can teach people who are going to be embedded with the team uh, how to be a local coach. Right, John, right. John and, and, and Jay, how, John and Jay, how dare you? Like Mike was talking, and y'all <laughs> yeah. are just being when, jackass. Like, yeah. no, I'm agreeing with him. Well, I'm agreeing with him. So to, to Jay's, because Mike's oh, right. question, Jay's about to the question Jay's about to ask me: What do you do when that person isn't there? You're screwed. 
Yeah, and that's that's why I'm I'm gesticulating wildly because we agree with Mike. I mean that that makes it makes it that much harder. They right? also might be screwed if they're there too. Like, are, like again, possibly, we yeah. Act like, true, we true. act as if like yeah. a scrum master physically being present just makes everything better. When we we know what kind of you know like, yeah. I you know the number so, of scrum masters I know. I'm like sorry. Go think, ahead, of it is, um, think of yeah, it as many, necessary how, but not sufficient. How many orgs? would actually know talent if they saw it in a scrum master less than one percent there's your that and that's that's the answer why but i mean that again again we so all right let me ask john let me ask you a question you asked me for a real world definition of what a scrum master is mm-hmm. the so i don't know that i said anything particularly controversial and not that i said any i wasn't trying to thought provoking i wasn't trying to be safe i was trying to go middle of the road of like let's actually try to answer this for once which is not what i normally do on this podcast so the question i have for you is the definition that i gave how close do you think other orgs would be to agreeing with my definition i'm not saying that i'm right i'm just saying how many would agree i think they agree which is part of the problem do they no i'm okay steven like what what percentage yeah, do yeah, you think steven, do you think a lot of orgs agree with my definition? The I answer is would, no, is what he's yeah, trying I was to gonna, say. No, that's the answer he's trying I to say. I think the answer is no, and I think it's yeah. because they would look at a job description that has 15,000 words in it for yeah. all kind of stuff and be like, what? You know, I just spent the last, I just spent the last however many months, many, many months, like actively job searching, like actively. Did you post to that one where it said the more certs, the better? Did you post to that job? I want, I want to find somebody who interviewed there to see what the, what the conversation was like. I yeah, don't but, remember seeing that, no, but, but <laughs> see, here's the thing. Here's, hold on. Here's where I was going with this is that I've seen so many job descriptions over the last, I mean, so many, and they could be. I would say that the basic team level agile coach, right? Your your seventy five dollars an hour, you know, seventy dollars an hour, sixty five an hour, right? Person, right? Or your hundred and fifty, like an hour principal consultant, two fifty an hour principal consultant, right? Even up to director, and sometimes VP level if you're a bank. Um, they all have the same job description. They all use the same words they all describe the certain same things. Like it didn't matter whether they would just say work with leadership or work as leadership. Like it's the same thing. Like they, they, I, I, the, my first question that I would have to recruiters is what level of work would you do this? If it were something that you were applying in another organization, they're like, Oh, well, this is probably like a senior level at best or a lead or a principal or, you know, maybe a director, if it's like a really important person kind of a thing. And, you know, and I'm not saying that titles matter because we know that they don't, but what I'm trying to say is that the way that the, the, the clarity of the job description, the lack thereof that we're seeing today, it's gotten worse. I don't know if y'all agree, but it's gotten worse. And that, that in lies the point of we understand less of what a scrum master does, not more, because we describe coaches, we describe directors of transformation, we describe all levels of people that are here to make the soft and fuzzy process thingy, thingy, worky, worky, right? Like you can, you can take as simple of a view of this as possible. 
we're, we're worse at describing them and finding the, and which is why finding the people is even harder because we don't even know how to describe it. Mm. That's a lot of words. And I understand that I said too many of them. I apologize. Yeah. And there's, there's also this movement. I'm curious, Mike, your, your take on this, because I, I think you've spoken or at least it's been a while, but the whole movement of people kind of basically say, well, a scrum master and an agile coach, there is no difference. They do the role. They both do those jobs. I've heard that a lot in blog posts and, and it only kind of affir- like reaffirms what Merm just said, basically. It's like, it's so confusing that now we're just squashing the two together and just saying, well, there's no difference really. And that only just confuses things even more. Uh, not to invoke safe's letters again, but uh, just add RTE and and STE right. to it. Like it's just the same thing. And Kanban does use Flowmaster, doesn't? Don't they? No, isn't isn't there a certification uh, of Flowmaster? Scrum Master is not well. Scrum Master is not specifically called out in a Kanban framework, but there is this this sort of steward like behaviors that it does call out i I've, i'm not yeah you I know what i just any of our pro kanban friends out there but. i just did kmp and i don't think they mentioned it once like no, the idea no. of a named role the product yeah. role is mentioned right where yeah. you get your business needs from okay. in kanban but you do not heard have... of flow managers but it's a rare role so okay there's another there's another 20 descript you know titles for the work that a scrum master does that you know, it's frankly, whatever is going to recruit the people that you want. So if you get a bunch of recruits that are like scrum master titles, stupid, I don't like it. Well, then they come up with agile lead or process champion or pick any number of things, right? Some, some organizations just say, screw it. You're a senior level employee or a, or a you know, yeah. or a lead level or a whatever, like who cares? Titles are stupid. So Stephen, you've dealt a lot with the startups and stuff. So I'm curious from your perspective, when these people literally just the last thing they think in their budget is hiring somebody to kind of be this type of role, how do they handle this type of function, like way of thinking? Because clearly they have background experience and have agile usually in some way or fashion, but even if they don't, what do they do? Do they just absorb it and wing it or is that? Tell tell us about your middle out algorithm, like while you're doing this. (laughs) They uh, do it poorly. Mostly it's a group of, most of the startups I work with are a group of younger folks who are heads down developing a product that they think is going to be a miracle app. And they, some yeah, of them are some good ones. No, they, they don't actually. They just, they just they go, are hey, heads how down, do I get stuff done? How do I get this out? Yeah. Isn't that what kind of. And that's usually where I'm like, okay, guys. So um, how, how are you prioritizing things? What? We're, we're not. We're just, this is the next thing we have to work on. So, so uh, Merm, I mean, keep me honest here, but Franz, I'd love to, for you to chime in too. And Jay, like, don't a lot of leadership virtue, like, to be more startup-like and have this mindset? I mean, so many leaders are now using this phrase. <laughs> oh, and, but that's the reason know, you, they use that. You say that, you say that, like, people just go, ah, the startup mentality. Everybody wants to be that's a startup. Exactly, Nobody wants to be a startup. That's, really I know wants exactly that, how to do it. I would say that Here's I would argue why. that I would argue that 80% of the professional workforce today does not know how to operate in a startup mentality mm. and also doesn't have the ability to operate in that. Okay. More than 80, 90, 95. I, it's not something we, it's like, we it's go, Oh, want. you know, you just have to, you just have to find the MVP. Oh, because it's that simple to define. Why didn't I think of three letters sooner to describe something that I don't know how to describe. And we, and we're yeah, talking about a scrum master. 
the reason that they push for the startup mentality, and I worked at a place that had been in business for like 15 years, and it's, oh, we're a startup, we're a startup mentality. I'm like, no, we're not. What the owner wanted was everybody to put in 60, 70, 80 hours a week and just grind <laughs> themselves to powder so he could replace them. That's what his was, mind said for startup. That's, I was that's literally exactly hired to be, is. so I was literally hired to be a scrum master at a startup for a, a couple of teams that really needed some help. Do you know what my title was? Product management, okay. not scrum master, product management. So what I'm trying to say is like startups don't go, oh my God, we need a scrum master. No, mm -hmm. they go, well, I, I need some talent to help keep this team in line. Uh, uh, what title do I have to give them to, to get them to get in line? That's way sexier than a scrum master. Well, so yeah, that, that's the same thing as a startup saying, oh, I need a CTO, but you need to code 80, 90% of the time. This I don't this, like your tone. I'm going to, I'm going to kneecap this conversation because there was an article that we <laughs> shared a week ago that I think would make a discussion in its own. And there was that article about the idea of management and leadership in Silicon Valley <laughs> and how they don't have managers, right? There was a real interesting article talking about that. Um, so we'll, we'll come, we'll come back to that one, but I want to, I want to pivot this conversation onto something more positive in the sense of, um, as, as Franz laughs, um, why am so, I here? <laughs> and, and, and shout out to Claudia, because she, she asked this question. If you find yourself um, coaching, engaged in an organization where they don't have scrum masters and yet they're trying to mature and they're trying to deliver and they're trying to do the agile dance as best they can. What tips and tricks would you give people to help them be successful to the best of their ability, considering the constraints of the environment they're working in? A good job description to hire a scrum master. Oh, that's a <laughs> terrible way to start. John? Circle back to me. <laughs> oh, don't do that, John. Now, I need time to make sure that my answer soaks in the rays of uh, the sun. I, I won't call on Mike because Mike is thinking. So I'm, I'll throw something. <laughs> I'll throw something out there. Yeah. He's, he's got that look of consternation. So if I'm a coach and you're going to drop it's me into an org that has no scrum masters, um, how do I? How do I get successful? Um, I think. The best, the best way to success is first of all, walk, walk quietly, right? Carry a big yeah. stick, but walk quietly, which is funny coming out of my mouth. And you really need to understand how the pieces are playing in the current sandbox and how they fit together. And then from there, my suggestion would be start having those honest and open conversations with the teams to say, Hey, you know, I know you don't have a scrum master. You're kind of doing the best you can, but here's some of the things that I think might be worth considering. Right. And then, Maybe, maybe you step in and guide them, but that's, that's the only way I could see you even being remotely uh, re accomplishing something that even remotely re resembles Mer success. Merm's answer. Don't take the job. I, yeah. So I no, that's not it about, either. Oh, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll let I just, Merm go first if he's ready. I know. So here, so, <laughs> so what you, so I'm not laughing at your answer, Jay. What I'm laughing at is the fact that like you're, you're trying to fill a gap. And I think the struggle that we have as orgs that have this scenario where we're talking about, it doesn't matter how close you lead the, that horse to water, for lack of a better way to put it, to quote my brethren in this stupid state, is um, they're, they're not going to drink the water no matter how close you get them to it, right? So it, like, it, I, 
trying to fill a gap that they don't even see as a gap is a real struggle. My, my first reaction, if I'm the coach or the transformation, whatever that's in charge, I just show up and go fine. But what I'm going to do is you're going to let me have one team that I get to one or two teams that I get to run my way. And we're going to measure everybody equally. We're just going to measure everybody like, and we're, and we pick the, now this is one of our favorite topics here at AU, which is metrics and how stupid they are and how vanity filled they are. But if you get the right things to show the right uh, success of a team, right. Whether it's, production defects avoided or whether it's flow and lead time, whether it's like whatever, even pick something stupid like velocity, doesn't matter. You just take away their excuse of saying, we're fine. We're mature enough on our own. Really? Cause the team that I got to run my way and did my thing and we measured everything equally turns out over a whole PI. If we're using that framework, um, we're going to say, I took six sprints, five sprints, we're kicking your ass now. So what's you're your saying, next so your 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 rationale is um, prove arithmetically what you know anecdotally. Take away their excuse. Okay. Take okay. away their excuse. Like every if every every leader has an excuse as to why they don't want to do what you're suggesting. Take away their excuse, and then you can get going. Uh, Franz. <sighs> I don't think – going off of what everyone's kind of said, one of the general things – I mean, we have Merm talking about the just, you know, removing the excuses. You have Jay By them, he me. says me. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say that we, I'm, I'm we, right. We have, we have Jay talking about being quiet. I think Not in as my right. experience, mm-hmm. I don't think you can be successful without some sort of mandate from somebody pretty high up in a company. I don't. I have seen enough agile transformations and I know we all have where if you're somebody who gets put into a company with no real support, you're just someone who takes the, the job to come in and do your scrum master thing. If you do not have some serious muscle behind you, you will always fail because you can come up and you can have 12 managers and you can get 11 of them on board and you can come in and say, these are some small process changes. We've introduced them into these little test teams and we've seen a whole bunch of positive improvements and that that 12th that you know that fifth dentist is going to come in and go no i know that's not going to work my team's never going to change and it will always stymie your ability to be productive in that and i i i, I don't think i don't think those situations would work okay mike so kind of uh, taking a slightly different angle to uh, chris's approach I would, my, my thoughts are to observe, kind of uh, be, be quiet, observe, look for evidence to suggest that maybe a, um, the teams are not being as successful as they could and offer uh, alternatives to help them be more successful and kind of build the case by observing actual facts as opposed to having a uh, theoretical or religious argument about uh, you need this, you don't need that. And um, the other point I'll add to that is uh, check back with me in about six months because my (laughs) current client just did a reorg and there's a strong likelihood I'll be working with a 
co a couple arcs that have RTEs but no Scrum Masters, so it's going to be very... Um, you notice how his language got a lot shorter and a lot more space in between words. Kind of like, so what so happened, what, what, what happened was, I was maybe thinking that we could potentially discuss this idea here, here forth, hence to, like, uh, yeah, we love you, Mike. This is a safe place. <laughs> it's about it's to get what? really pain. It's about to get. Don't use that yeah, four-letter word. It's about to get painful. Is what we're trying to say. It's, this is a safe. Place. I would, it's about to get painful. So I would also recommend, if you were going into that situation, to go back and look, listen to the uh, AU podcast on what do I do when I inherit new teams. Okay. Okay. John. At a boy. Way to promote previous stuff we've published. At <laughs> a boy. Thank you. I'll take my two story. I'm kind of going through this now, but basically the it's a combination of Jay and Ed Franz actually a little bit of what you were saying and Mike, the approach that we're I doing right you. now is figure out where the impact can actually provide value and is based off your seniority position or what you're actually paid to do there, it's elevated. So with a lot of the people that were either former scrum masters that are now coaches, impacting the team level is not going to make a difference if you're not also impacting the people that are people leaders of those teams focus your efforts there that's more impact and it scales up from there so there's going to have to be someone in that transformation space or org that is going to have to make an impact too like franz said somebody that is mandating this that's very high up that's influential and if you don't have that you have to continuously work with them negotiate and figure out where they're coming from and what they want and chip away at that and just kind of meet them. And you're not going to push an agenda of what you want to transform. You have to meet yeah. someone in the middle or meet them where they are and figure out what exactly are we trying to improve and do. And honestly, the outcome might not be what you like. And that's a decision you have to make as a person if you want to continue to engage the transformation or not. Mike literally started his opinion by saying, I agree with Merm. And then you also just quoted He's something that I that said, and then you drop. didn't, and then you didn't. <laughs> well, I agree with didn't Merlin, state my I name. agree with other things you said, which is absolutely <laughs> not true. So, so <clears throat> we're, we're quickly approaching time. So I want to go around the horn for final thoughts on this topic, right? No scrum master, no flow master, no problem. Um, Steven, what are your final thoughts? I, I think they definitely help. And if you can have a good one in place, that's fantastic. And I think as teams mature, it uh, they have less of an impact. Okay, Merman? I would like to argue that if you're struggling <laughs> with this topic of, can we get by with a team having a Scrum Master full-time or no, or do we even need someone with the title Scrum Master? I would argue that if that, if that's a hill that you're dying on as an org, there might be bigger things going on that you might be missing. And so hmm. maybe in your orgs, if you don't see a lot of scrum masters walking around, just maybe poke at the bear a little bit more because I bet there's some other, Whew. yeah, that's all I got to say. Jonathan. Ditto. I mean, to the fucking tape. Like, I can't say it any God bless than you. God bless you. Can we audio clip that as well? <laughs> that'll be a, that'll be on the AU soundboard. Franz. Um, I think they can help if you have an effective one and they're put up in a position where they're actually um, focused on a small group of people or like a single team. 
but I think you can avoid needing one if you have a team that has high levels of communication. So you, if you can do, if you can take a lot of what a scrum master does and have the team regularly doing it among themselves organically, you can avoid having a scrum master. Um, so you don't need one. It makes it easier, but not every team can do it. Okay. And John, John, hold on, hold on. Before we get off runs, John, can I ask you a serious question? How many scrum masters do you, maybe not official titles, but just people that were kind of being scrum masters. How many scrum masters do you think Franz has made uh, weep Cry. or at least feel badly about themselves as a person afterwards? <laughs> just it, like, just throw a ballpark number. Does, it, does this include contractors? <laughs> yes. John, oh, look, we're in the hundreds. <laughs> hundreds. Oh, I definitely, I definitely had scrum masters at some of the old places John and I have worked together. Go! Cry I can see, the, I can see the O'Reilly book now. The scrum masters and those others I've made cry <laughs> by Franz, uh, which we know will have a price floor of thirty nine ninety five because reasons. Mister Cadell, take us home. Just because you can doesn't mean you shouldn't. All right, sorry. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And um, seriously, we knew what you meant. Yeah, having having somebody with the the title without the uh, empowerment to fill the role as as it's intended is maybe worse than not having it at all. I yeah, I can agree to that. that All right, all right. So uh, once again, on behalf of. Stephen, Chris, John, Franz, Mike, and myself. I want to thank all of you for tuning in, wa- listening, and watching because we're going to have the full video up on YouTube. Uh, we want to give a shout out to the Machine Man Records and the Recording Artist Krebs who provides our outro music free of charge. Someday when we hit those million subscribers, we'll monetize something. Uh, if you like what you heard, uh, give us a like, a review, a rating on Spotify, on Stitcher, on PodHub, your podcasting platform of choice. Um, we do have a Patreon out there. We are committed to being free. However, however, we just rolled out a quarterly program where we will be sending out swag once a quarter. So who knows? You may get a T-shirt. You might get socks. You might get someone's leading safe manual. Who knows? So on behalf of all of us, we want to thank all of you for listening. And until next time, this is the Agile Uprising Podcast signing out. Our masters are people too. No, they're not.